informative podcast all about training working dogs look no further than the lwdg pod dog this weekly show is hosted by me joanne perrott founder of the ladies working dog group and i chat to experienced trainers and experts in the field who will give you helpful tips and advice whether you're just getting started or you've been working dogs for years this podcast will have something for you so pull up a chair pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to lwdg pod dog and let us help you build a better bond with your best friend. Hello and welcome to another episode of LWDG Pod Dog. This week we're going to be talking all about cashing in on a new puppy's love. Joining me for this week's podcast is the amazing LWDG Group expert Claire Denya and the amazing LWDG Group expert Gemma Martin. Hi ladies, how are you? Hi Gemma. Hi, yeah, good, thank you. So before we get started, Claire, would you like to give everybody just a brief introduction of who you are? Yeah, so my name is Claire Denya and I am running Family Dog Services based in Maidstone in Kent with my husband, John. Fantastic. And Gemma? Um, yeah, I'm Gemma Martin and I run Whistle and Wag Dog Training down in Suffolk with my colleague, Nikki Kenny. So thank you for that, ladies. We're going to be talking about new pups now there is this perceived myth within the gun dog world that really before they get to sort of six to twelve months we really don't want to be doing a lot with them leaving them quite much to themselves um i'm sure it's very much a traditional concept and not so much used now but it does still hang about doesn't it so i think the concept came from the fact that people say don't overdo it with your puppy and it's gone sort of to the extreme where people go don't touch your puppy just just let it be a puppy and people take that as don't do any training with it rather than do some fun bits let it grow up let it bond with you and don't take it too seriously it's it's just gone the other way unfortunately yeah absolutely and I think also because now you're finding more and more gun dogs live in the home with us whereas those that are kenneled there are certain things that don't need training early on but do need training when the puppy lives in the house so um just things like good general manners around the home um being patient and just learning how to be a pet um obviously if the puppy's in the kennel some of those things not be quite as important so early on as they are for the puppies that live in the house so the reason we wanted to chat around this concept was I was watching this um, pup play with this lady, the pup was quite young, and literally it didn't matter what that lady did in front of a, a large group of people, the pup just had eyes for her. It was a young pup and he was like, I will ignore everything else in my environment as long as I can play with you. And I just thought, wow, isn't that an amazing time in a pup's life? So how is it that pups perceive us at the beginning? So in the beginning, until the puppies sort of hit around five months of age, when they start going into adolescence, we're very much a safety net and they're looking to us for guidance all the time. They tend to follow us around and they want to engage with us. So it's a fantastic opportunity to start really early bonding, building a really nice relationship with the puppy and get the best out of that relationship while they're really dependent on you. Yeah, exactly that. And it's it's really cashing in on 
that exact thing of them seeing you as their world and making it rewarding for them at that point. So as they grow, they don't necessarily have to look elsewhere because they're like, wow, you're amazing. I'm going to stick with you. Um, and you see it quite a lot on loads of the Facebook groups. There's people with six months old puppies going, oh, when, when should I let the puppy off the long line? And actually, they they've missed their ideal chance. So I have mine off lead straight away when they're pups because they don't want to go anywhere else. They want to play follow my leader with you and you can do your really foundational recalls and, and all sorts of sticking with you training at that point when it's easy. And I suppose there is that huge conversation that goes, we're told, oh, we, we've got to socialise a pup, we've got to socialise a pup. And again, I suppose it's the the national conversation that makes us think what can I do with my pup that exposes it to everything out there there's not the other conversation that says what should I be doing with my pup where my pup doesn't care what's going on out there because it's more interested in what I am doing yeah so um for me when my puppies are really really young under five months of age of course socialization and habituation are a massive part of their life but I want my puppy to learn that their fun comes from me and that I'm the one that's going to supply them with all of the best rewards in the world that, that they value. I don't want my puppy thinking that other dogs are more fun with me and other people are more fun with me. So that really takes you down a whole nother rabbit hole um, about what socialisation actually is and what it should be. But for me, during that period of time, I'm exposing my dog to seeing, hearing and experiencing things. But I'm spending that time exposing them to that while still learning that I'm the safety net. I'm the place to come for fun. I'm the one that provides the rewards. I don't want my puppy at that age learning anything else than that, really. When we speak to a lot of clients, if you ask them what they think socialisation is, majority of them will say oh it's, it's so they're friendly with other dogs so they can meet lots of other dogs they can meet lots of other people um and they don't even look at all the other things that we need to socialize our dogs around um like claire said we want our dogs to have those experiences with us so they can see another dog we can walk past another dog we can walk past another person but they don't get any reward from that dog or that person if they pay attention to us and play with us or whatever they get their reward from us so they never find that value in going up to that other dog or that other person and I think what you just said in that sentence sort of encapsulates it a little bit doesn't it Gem in the fact that we are standing there thinking we're doing the right thing on the end of a lead letting them sniff other dogs letting them go around but all that time that they're doing that stuff while we're standing there quietly on the other end of a lead we they are exploring without our involvement really whatsoever so they are learning actually the best thing the best fun I can have is if I'm really independent and go around and and do my own thing and then with a gun dog pup or with a gun dog breed when we then get to that point where we're like actually I want you to train now please ignore everything out there and come play with me it must be a big question in the dog's head of why why I haven't up until now yeah, exactly that. So once a dog's found enjoyment in its own sort of self-rewarding behaviour, so once it's found it can hunt and once it's found it can find things on its own and once it's found, actually, if I just ignore your recall and go over and play with this dog, I'm going to have such a better time than if I just stayed with you and did something. 
So that's why it's really important when we've got our puppies that we build that bond. And then as they grow, we do things to tap into their natural drives, like hunting for your spaniels and retrieving for your Labradors and things like that, things they enjoy so that we can work together as a team rather than them looking for fun elsewhere. Because once that happens, it's much harder to rein them back in than starting off on the right track. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And I mean, most of the time when we get contacted with dogs with poor recall, dogs that pull and lunge on the lead towards people or dogs, if you go right back, usually this comes right back to what happened during that puppy's early time of socialisation and that they were being allowed to go up to every dog, go up to every person. They found that really rewarding. And the owners weren't that involved in it at all and weren't spending the time building that bond and, and showing the dog that actually being around me is where the fun is and I'm the one that provides the rewards. The dog has learned that everything rewarding is elsewhere. And then you're like, Gemma said, you're unpicking bad things and trying to rebuild, which is way, way harder than just setting the right foundations early on. Even if you think of it in the most simplistic terms, just people coming into your home, you know, when you've got a new pup, I, I bring the pup in, my husband picks it up, the kids pick it up, everybody picks it up, my mother picks it up, everybody comes to my house, is picking my dog up. And you're thinking, oh, this is good socialisation, you know, learn everything. And I've got to be honest, in... In the many, many years I've been around dogs, I've never once thought, hold on, I should not I should be actually stopping that. I should be in showing them. It's lovely for them to be around all those people, but still stay by me, mate. Yeah, it is. And I think also one of the things to consider is I want my dogs to be friendly and comfortable with my family and my friends and with people coming into my home. So I need to show the puppy that that's all good. But what I want to avoid is my puppy thinking that they get their rewards and their fun with strangers and people that I don't need them to be friendly and sociable with. You know, gun dog breeds are gregarious by nature. They're friendly by nature most of the time. So we don't need to be encouraging that too much. And that goes the same for dogs. We're not saying that your dog shouldn't be happy to say hello to other dogs and shouldn't be happy to sit around other dogs. But we need to look at things like teaching a polite greeting so they're allowed to go up and sniff. And when they disengage, that's when they get the rewards from us. So we ask them to come away and they get rewarded for coming away. So the reward isn't saying hello to that dog. They've done the good bit, been polite. And when they've come back to us or come away with us, that's the good bit. Um, and you can start all that really basic being calm around other dogs when they're really young as well. So you can practice sitting with your friends and doing all of that. So they're getting rewarded from you and not the other dogs so before five months or roughly around five months we have this time when we don't even need to do a lot for the dog to think that we are the most amazing thing in the world they absolutely adore us what happens after five months that that changes the landscape for us so you've got things like hormonal changes and you've got them developing skills and all of those innate behaviours that are in them naturally are starting to come out. So they might get more interested in sense. They might be more interested um, in what's going on around them. They might be more confident and also hormones as well. You know, if you think about a really little puppy, like Jem said earlier, she gets the long line. She doesn't use a long line with a little puppy. Well, neither do I, because what I do is I encourage the puppy to understand that they need to keep an eye on me. So I'll play a little game of follow me. I'll walk in the opposite direction. They'll catch me up. I'll reward them and play with them. 
and then we'll go off and if they pull ahead of me, I'll change direction. So they catch me up again and then we play. So I'm teaching the puppy really, really early on that they need to pay attention to me. I'm not going to follow them and keep check on them. It's the other way around. They need to keep an eye on me. So added to what Claire's just said, I think a lot of it also comes from, as well as all this surge in hormones and how dogs are becoming adult and finding their feet, I think people also become a little bit complacent because the first bit's been so easy and it's been lovely and the dog's been following them. They've maybe got a bit lax with sort of asking the dog to not do things or, or correcting them where they've gone a little bit too far because in the past, the dog's always come back and the dog's always wanted them. And when they start finding these new things, I think people notice it a little bit too late and the dog's already got that little bit of confidence um, and gone that little bit too far and then they start reining them in. So we've got this bit before roughly five months where maybe we don't cash in enough on how they perceive us. So, but because of the way we perceive, they perceive us, we think it's all going swimmingly. Then we hit five months, they're like, I'm going to do my own thing, matey, because I've got all these other things going on. The way we've been sort of, not deluded, but because they've been like, oh my God, you're the best thing since sliced bread. Because of that, we really haven't put in the groundwork that we need to, to really cement the bond, have we? Yeah, that, that's exactly it. Uh, if that effort isn't put on into building that bond during that time and building that dog's desire to want to be with us, it will very, very, very quickly slip through your fingers, you know, and before you know it, you've got an issue on your hands that needs fixing. So, you know, it, for me, it's just so important to really think about that process and use every opportunity with a puppy to basically, you're backing up what their first little beliefs are and you're saying to them, yeah, actually, I am the best thing since I fed and this is where the fun is and this is where the rewards are happening rather than taking it for granted that, that that's going to stay because it won't stay. Yeah, and I think this goes back to a conversation we were having the other day, Claire, about how often we reward our adult dogs as well. Um, if we yeah. don't keep those behaviours rewarding for our dogs, you will see that that, not in all dogs, but a lot of dogs, you will see that that behaviour or that drive will lessen slightly because they're like, well, what's in it for me? Some dogs just do it for the love, but a lot of dogs do need that reward to continue that behaviour in such a strong way. And if you think about it, that's not much different to humans, is it? As much as we all love our friends and love lots of different things we do, there is always a selfish aspect for everyone of well, what's in it for, for me for doing this activity. Even if it's just looking at it objectively, you know, what is in it for me for, for example, today I've been to the beach, what was in it for me to go drive an hour in the car one way, an hour on the way back? We shouldn't be shocked that the dogs not think the way we think but they look what's in it for them too yeah I mean I always liken it when I'm talking to clients I'll say things like okay so would you go to work even if you enjoy your job would you go to work if you didn't get paid to do your job and they're like no and then you say okay so if you had a group of friends and you went out with them and time you went out with them they completely ignored you and were talking to someone else would you continue to enjoy going out with them no 
So you can liken it, although dogs are obviously a different species and there's, there's, you know, you've always got to remember that there are a lot of things that you can think about, which will make it seem a little bit more logical as to why we should be rewarding these behaviours. Exactly that. And dogs really aren't that complicated. Behaviours we reward, they're likely to repeat. Behaviours we interrupt and ask them to do something else, they're likely to lessen. Um, and I think we just overthink things far too much with dog training um, and put emotions on our dogs that they don't necessarily have and things like that. So I think keeping it simple, thinking of it in simple terms, like Claire's just said about getting paid for your job and having your friends ignore you. I think they're really good ways to look at it. When talking to featured expert Rose Set on the other day, she said something which made me sort of think, oh, I can visualise what she's saying. She was on about... Um, cameras on the M25 and she was saying all the way around the M25 there is the speed cameras and every single one reminds you that you have to go at a certain speed and should and every time you reward a dog it's like one of those cameras you just keep reminding the dog and I thought oh I can visualize that I can see what she's sort of trying to tell me from that so if I'm listening to this and I'm looking at a five-year-old dog and I'm thinking, oh my God, I didn't do all these puppy things. I'm having difficulty getting the dog to engage with me. Um, what can we do to build a bond with an adult dog? Well, this is, this is something that we come across quite a lot with people that maybe get dogs that are a bit older, whether they adopt them, maybe they come from rescue, all that sort of thing. Um, obviously the first thing you've got to do is build a bond with that dog you know that's really really important um, and work out what that dog finds rewarding you know different dogs will find different things rewarding so it's really important to find out what that dog finds rewarding you know food isn't the be all and end all for most adult dogs it's a really good way of keeping the attention of a young puppy um, but very often won't cut it with an adult dog so most adult dogs, once you start to work with their innate behaviours, the things they enjoy doing, hunting, retrieving, things like that, um, you can build a bond just through doing those kinds of things by building a really nice um, play relationship with your dog. That's another way of bonding with the dog. So just because a dog is older doesn't mean that you can't do those things um you've just got to work out what it is the dog values because you know you've missed out on that little time when they're a puppy and you're the world now you've got a bigger job of saying to this dog I know you may have enjoyed x y and z before but now we need to work on our relationship exactly that and it's really tapping into what that dog finds rewarding um and like Claire says they're all different so one of mine will happily work but if you try and like touch him while he's working and give him a fuss he's like seriously I'm working, don't touch me, I'll, I'll take a treat, I'll find that quite rewarding, but just don't mess with me. Whereas my other dog, she'd quite happily have a big cuddle for doing whatever she's done and think that that was amazing. And for some dogs, like Claire says, it might be the activity. So if you've got an older dog that comes to you that's, that's finding a lot of enjoyment in the environment and how exciting the environment is, it might be that you do some really close hunting for tennis balls with it and it finds that exciting. Some dogs who like to chase might find it really rewarding, rewarding even, if you run around like a lunatic and get them to chase you. Because that's the only thing I don't mind my dogs chasing is if they chase me, because that's not a bad thing. So sometimes, just to add a bit of fun to my gun dog work, I will run away from my dogs and go, this is fun, and they'll chase me. 
um, and then we'll start again. So you can insert little bits of fun into your training um, and just make it that bit more enjoyable for your dogs and build up on that. Oh, mum still is quite fun. We're doing the serious stuff, but we have really fun bits as well. And I know that Claire does this with her dogs all the time. Yeah, I really, I really love to incorporate play into my training. Now, as Gemma just said, all dogs are different. And Indy, my eldest dog, she's really not into play. Um, not into food either. I mean, she likes a tennis ball, but her enjoyment comes from training and working. You know, whereas Rose, my youngest, who's three, she loves to play and she loves physical affection. They couldn't be more different. So, you know... It is with an adult dog working out exactly what ticks that dog's boxes. Um, it's finding out what that dog really enjoys and what they value so that you can utilise those things in your training and to build a bond. If you think about it, when you intend to gun dog, or train your gun dog to any type of level, whether it's just be like general household obedience or um, even to take them out to the field or to work a trial, you are asking a breed that wants to do something that's literally genetically hardwired within it to do it with you. So this concept to go to come sort of full circle back to the beginning of don't really bother the dog until it's old enough to formally train is probably the completely the wrong idea with this breed doing what we want to do, isn't it? Yeah, totally. So, you know, with a puppy, the training is play-based. You're building that bond and that relationship. But we are training still. You're still teaching the dog little skills. But, you know, for example, for me, an informal puppy retrieve will be me sitting on the floor, rolling out a toy or a ball or a puppy dummy, and the, the puppy running out after it and running back in for a cuddle and it's all very play-based and very fun so we're not formalizing it too early but we're totally cashing in on the fact that at that time in that puppy's life you are everything and you're starting to show the puppy that we can do the things you enjoy together exactly and for some breeds obviously spaniels aren't always renowned for their amazing retrieving because it's just not what they're bred to do they're bred to run around like loonies in the brush and flush things same as some hprs aren't massively keen on the retrieving bit so i always do the bit that they're less likely to do early on and make it super fun so that as they grow older they're like oh this is that really fun game that we did as a, a baby and you'll find that the more natural things that they do like hunting and whatever come later because that's just what they innately do. So you'll find that they do that anyway. So I try and make the things that I know that they might struggle with super fun in the beginning. So that's a really nice foundation to build on later on. Yeah, that's absolutely spot on, Gem. And I do very much the same, especially if somebody says to me, you know, I've got this HPR breed or a spaniel and I need it to be a good all-round gun dog. Well, part of being a good old all-round gun dog is to retrieve. So as Jem said, we'll, we'll, we'll teach that puppy really young that retrieving is fun so that as all of those natural abilities start to come out as well, the puppy already has a love for retrieving. So you don't have that panic or that fear, this dog doesn't like retrieving. You've already put that in with the puppy. Um, so that can just go hand in hand with everything else. So for clarity on this, for people who are listening to this, 
we're talking about super fun informal retrieves these aren't in any way the type of retrieves we see in an older dog these are just let's have some fun getting something yeah absolutely but one thing to mention with that always bear in mind with puppies they're teething so you know if you're working with a young puppy and they suddenly seem to be doing some behaviors with what they're retrieving that don't look quite right or they look uncomfortable or they suddenly get turned off always bear in mind that actually they could be teething um so you might want to take a break from retrieving during that little phase there but for most of the dogs, by the time they're seven months old, you know, so you're only looking at a little while, really, that will be gone. Um, personally, I've seen very few dogs that it has had a negative impact on, but it's always just worth mentioning that so that people aren't pushing something and it, and it could be uncomfortable. The other thing to note with that is we're saying about making it fun and Claire was sitting on the floor with her puppies. That's exactly right. But don't overdo it. People often like find that their puppy will retrieve something. And go, oh, this is amazing! Let's do twenty every day, um, and they quickly turn off the puppy to retrieving. So keep it fun. Do a couple, and leave it at that. Um, the other common mistake people often make with puppies is that they're very eager to take the thing out of their mouth. With puppies, especially, it's really important to get them coming right into you. And it's the only time I don't really mind the dogs jumping all over me. So my cockers will come right up into my chest, and they'll have a fuss. And I'll touch them all over before I even go anywhere near what they've retrieved. So it's all about them coming back to me with their precious thing in their mouth. And then you can work on obviously taking it off them and rewarding them in whatever way you are, you're going to. Because the concept of this right now isn't the retrieve, it's the I am bonding and playing with you. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you ladies for another amazing podcast for some references for places you can go to continue this conversation you've also got um a fantastic masterclass by uh lwdg group expert samantha thornycroft taylor on puppies and play there's also loads of other uh courses that you might find fantastic please go along to the website www.vlwdg.com it's a brand new website and you can search buy a load of different things and look at all the courses that we have available to you so that's all for now thank you very much ladies and i'm sure we're speaking to you soon and for the listeners thank you very much and we'll speak to you all next week thank you for listening to lwdg pod dog with me joe parrot now we all know training a dog takes time energy and patience but our lives can be really really busy don't worry the lwdg has got you covered Join us for our free planning workshop where we'll show you how to use short 10-minute training sessions each day to fast-forward your dog's education. Our experts have years of experience in training dogs and will help you get started on the right foot. Register now and start making progress with your furry friend today. Go to our Facebook page, The Ladies Working Dog Group, and click on the pinned post or visit www.thelwdg.com.